In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Worship Podcast and wish you a blessed Christmas season. As the rest of the world moves on from what happens on December 25th, from the unwrapping of packages and uh, Zoom calls this year with friends and family, the church, God's people, continues to celebrate and be in awe and amazement over the arrival of God into our world as Jesus Christ, born as a baby to human parents. And we celebrate this for 12 days after Christmas. So this Sunday and next Sunday, we will be looking in worship at what does it mean to be a people who celebrate the arrival of Jesus into our world, even as the rest of the world may move on from this. It's also time to remind you that because of this awful virus that's ravaging our city, our state, our nation, and our world, our desire to love our neighbors, our desire to care for the most vulnerable among us, and to reduce the strain on healthcare workers in our community, we have decided to suspend in-person worship services for now. And we know that we all long to be together that we all want to see each other, especially this time of year. But what we remember and what we, what we know of Jesus is that Jesus is the Lord of this world. While he was born as a baby, he, he didn't stay a baby. He grew into a, an adult man who was crucified, buried, resurrected, and ascended. And it's by his ascension and through the coming of the Holy Spirit that we can worship together wherever we are, whenever we are. And it's, it's a mystery worship is that we don't fully understand. But what we know is wherever you are, whether you are sitting at home, whether you are driving somewhere, uh, whether you are uh, with your family, or whether you're listening to this days, weeks, months later, that we are worshiping together through the power of the Holy Spirit. One note I wanted to draw your attention to, if you are listening to this before 11.30 a.m. on December 27th, 2020, uh, Pacific time that is, uh, you might be used to uh, getting on a Zoom coffee hour with us, and that is not taking place this week. We, we had a Zoom Christmas Eve worship service, and we had a Zoom Christmas morning coffee hour. Uh, so we are taking a break this week, but we will be back the 3rd of January, 2021, uh, to have a Zoom coffee hour and celebrate the Lord's Supper together. Uh, so you, we can look forward to that, but there will not be Zoom coffee hour today. Today, as we sing together as we pray together as we hear god's word read and proclaimed we know that god is with us because of jesus christ we know that god is present because of jesus christ but if you're struggling this morning if you struggle this time of year anyway and and this year in particular is difficult please reach out to us so that however we're able to through the light of Jesus Christ, we can be present in your world 
in whatever struggle you're facing. Our email address is baptist.church at comcast.net, and our website is onebaptistchurch.org. You can use either resource to reach out to us, and we will be glad to share the light with you that came into this world. Dear Father God, we come before you to ask that the Christmas spirit remain in our hearts beyond just one day, the day of your son's birth. The days after the celebration of Christ's birth may feel quite different to different people. For some of us, this was a great Christmas because it gave us more time to reflect on the actual meaning of what Christmas is. Even though our method of celebration was different, from what we usually experience. But for others of us, it was a really difficult day of palpable palpable tensions, dashed hopes, and brokenness abounding. For still others, it was the first Christmas with an empty chair where a loved one used to sit, or a day spent all by ourselves with underscored loneliness. Father, today my prayer is for all of us, no matter what yesterday was like. 
For even our best days are in need of the gospel, and none of our worst days are beyond the reach of the gospel. We always have more of your grace than we're aware of, and we need more than we realize. When the shepherds left Jesus' manger, they were still shepherds. In the Gospel of Luke it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. The shepherds realized what the message of the first Christmas was, and were so full of joy they had to share it with whomever they came in contact with. Father, thank you that we're Christians. We don't have to pretend about anything. Christmas isn't a season in which we become super spiritual. The gospel isn't about denial, but is about learning to delight in you. No matter what's going on, we praise you that Jesus came into a real world where everything is broken, but he did come to make all things new, starting with us. Please give each of us the special and common grace you gave the shepherds. Let us hear and see more of Jesus, even if we remain shepherds the rest of our lives. Father, enable us to glorify and praise you in every season and situation of life. We are people of hope, and everything you tell us in your word will come to pass. Our past is forgiven. Our present is in your hands, and our future is looking really good. This is not only for us personally, and my prayer is that each of us will share God's grace with those we come in contact with, because this message is for shepherds and kings alike. Even during this time of joy, there are many prayer requests. Lord, you know every one of them. My prayer for each request is that it be lifted up to you in faith and trust that you will do what is best. Lord, let each feel your love for them as they face these difficult times in their lives. Many requests are for family members, friends, co-workers, and acquaintances. May your will be done. Be with our podcast and our pastor as he continues his Christmas message. May his words given to him by the Holy Spirit and our podcast be a blessing to each of us. In closing, as we approach a new year, may the joy of Christmas remain in our hearts and may we share the message that our Savior's birth was a humble birth, but someday in the future he will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. To you, Lord, we give you all the glory. Amen. to our God. How delightful and how fitting. The Lord is rebuilding Jerusalem and bringing the exiles back to Israel. 
He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is our Lord. His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. The Lord supports the humble, but he brings the wicked down into the dust. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. He covers the heavens with clouds, provides rain for the earth, and makes the grass grow in mountain pastures. Jesus said, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. He gives food to the wild animals and feeds the young ravens when they cry. He takes no pleasure in the strength of a horse or in human might. No, the Lord's delight is in those who fear him, those who put their hope in his unfailing love. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Glorify the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for he has strengthened the bars of your gate and blessed your children within your walls. He sends peace across your nation and satisfies your hunger with the finest wheat. He sends his orders to the world how swiftly his word flies. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be recognized and honored among the nations. Everyone will realize they are a people the Lord has blessed. He sends the snow like white wool he scatters frost upon the ground like ashes. He hurls the hail like stones. Who can stand against his freezing cold? Then at his command, it all melts. He sends his winds and the ice thaws. He has revealed his word to Jacob, his decrees and regulations to Israel. He has not done this for any other nation. They do not know his regulations. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God. For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation 
and draped me in a robe of righteousness. I am like a bridegroom dressed for his wedding or a bride with her jewels. The sovereign Lord will show his justice to the nations of the world. Everyone will praise him. His righteousness will be like a garden in early spring with plants springing up everywhere. This is the word of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord. Thanks be to God. Our scripture for this morning is going to be the same as it was for our Christmas Eve worship service that we had on Zoom this past Thursday night, and that is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, 10 through 14, and 16 through 18. Again, that is the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, 10 through 14, and 16 through 18 and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In March of 2009, a mere three months before Katie and I got married, I started working part-time as an employee of an office supply store in the next town south of where we would be living and where I was serving in a church. And I needed a job because I needed to be able to provide a life for Katie and I, and I was not making enough in ministry uh, to be able to do that, and they understood. And so I, I looked around and I applied to a ton of places, and this office supply store, Office Max was the only place uh, that would 
that would hire me. And I, I went in for an interview and was hired on the spot. What I didn't know at the time, but came to learn as time went on, was the corporate headquarters, like the main office for Office Max, was 15 minutes away from our store. And while, yes, there were two stores that were in between, uh, in between the corporate headquarters and our store, our store was the easiest for a lot of the executives to stop by on their way home because a lot of the executives lived in a town just west of my uh, Office Max store that I worked at. And they would come in, and, and you could always tell, be, tell the Office Max executives from the actual customers because the, the Office Max executives would come in and they would look at things that no customer would look at. I, I went in one day, or walked, I saw somebody walk in, and I walk around this aisle, and here's this guy in you know like a nice sweater and slacks and and dress shoes and he's looking up at the way we had safes stored on top of a shelving unit and he had all of these questions and he didn't introduce himself i think he wanted to play himself off as a customer as long as he could but he starts asking me about safes and he I had had precisely zero customers ask me about safes. They, we just didn't sell them. And so they would come in and they always had an opinion and they always had this idea of how things ought to be run. And so they would say like, oh, you gotta do it this way. You've gotta do it this way and that's gotta go over there. And, and they would try to you know, kind of rearrange everything. And okay, we would listen and we would, would nod our heads and take notes and because we needed, we had to do it because well, they could very easily stop by later, but they didn't belong in our store. They worked at the corporate headquarters. And most of the people who worked at head corporate headquarters, despite having very strong opinions about the way we ought to run our store, uh, had never worked retail in their entire lives. They were people with business degrees and, and things like that, and, and they thought they knew better. And so sometimes we would grind our teeth at the prospect of, of these people who had never, never once uh, walked a mile in our shoes, so to speak, uh, coming in and telling us how to do things. By contrast, our store manager was a guy named Brian. And Brian had been working in retail one way or another his whole life. He had started off I think with a cell phone company as a humble salesman, and now he had worked his way up to uh, a position of being a manager. And uh, the last time I talked to him, uh, I was going to say a few years ago, but probably more like five years ago, uh, he was in a, a more advanced position with the company, which good for Brian. But here's what was great about Brian. What made Brian a great manager was that Brian lived and breathed Office Max. He, he knew it backwards and forwards. And so when new people would come in or whenever he would have a task that he needed us to do, it was always something that he was willing to do. He just needed to do other things. And that's also why I was employed there, was to do, do certain tasks like that. 
And Brian would take the time and he would patiently explain and he would walk you through how to do whatever it was, you know, even if it was putting new price labels on the shelves or uh, something that he wanted done in the stocking room or uh, something that he wanted cleaned up. If he wanted you to do it, it was something that he was willing to do. And if he wanted you to do it, he would show you how to do it and answer any questions that you had. Brian embodied everything that all of these executives who would come in wanted Office Max to be, but weren't willing to make the sacrifice to understand exactly what it meant to do what they were asking. Brian embodied Office Max and embodied leadership. And to this day, I'm, I'm grateful uh, even though those those days are long behind me, I haven't worked for Office Max since 2011, I'm grateful for being able to learn from Brian. On Christmas Eve, we read this passage from the book of John, and we talked about the incarnation, which is a, a fancy word for Jesus is born. And it's not just that Jesus is born. There, Jesus was a particularly common name in his time, and there were lots of babies being born named Jesus or Yeshua, as it was in Hebrew. And it was remarkable for Jesus to be born because Jesus was and is God. When Jesus is born, it is God being born into our world. He, he's not popping in at a, a later point in life so he doesn't have to endure his, he can miss enduring his awkward teenage years. Uh, he's not just playing dress up as a human so he doesn't have to go through uh, all of the pain and suffering that, that being human entails sometimes. No, Jesus is born as a baby and he lives the whole thing. He is one of us. And he is in on the full human experience, all of the magnificent joys we have, all of the happiness that we, we appreciate in this life as humans, but also all of the sadness and sorrows. And we know what happens to Jesus in the end. But Jesus still was born as a human. And I can throw around big fancy words like incarnation, and I can tell you things like, you know, oh, God was born as a human. And you can listen to me say all of that, and you can very respectably say, right, so what? You know, what now? Okay, God is born as a human, what now? And it's worth time thinking about as followers of Jesus. If God is born as a human, so what? Well, I'll tell you so what. Because of God becoming flesh in Jesus, we live out the love of God shown through Jesus Christ in our lives every day. We embody that. I was on social media this week, and I saw a quote from a Christian author a Latina woman named Kat Armas, who said, Seeking to be more like Jesus 
is seeking to be more embodied, more connected to creator, creation, each other, and ourselves. And when I read that, I I stopped and I, I got my notebook and I wrote it down because she touches on some really important things there. And they're things that we see in this passage in John and answers to the question, so what? Because God was born as Jesus so that God could be embodied physically within our world. Not so that uh, God could just do a cool parlor trick. But we realize through Jesus, God's love for us. And if you look at verse 12, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. God loves us, and God was born as one of us out of that great love for us. If you flip over two chapters, if you even, if you even have to flip over, because I would wager uh, this is one of the more common memory verses from the Bible, in John chapter 3, verse 16, we hear, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. And it says, for God so loved the world, not God so tolerated the world, or God so put up with the world, or God just muddled through with the world, but God loved the world so that he sent Jesus. It's God's love that is born of Mary, in the city of David, Bethlehem, that night that the shepherds rejoiced and the the angels sang, it is is God's love that was presented with gifts from, from the Magi who had come from so far away and who risked their own earthly demise by refusing to bow down to the political empire of Herod. It's God's love that was hailed in the temple by Simeon and Anna. It's God's love that had to flee to Egypt because God's love is Jesus. Jesus is God's love. And when we realize that, it draws us deeper into the connection and relationship that we were meant to have with God all along. If we remember, if if you've ever read Genesis, God had a very free and open relationship with Adam and Eve. They were were working, uh, they were working the gardens, they were being stewards over all of the things that God had created. They bore the image of God and God would spend time with them and God would talk with them freely and openly, just as we talk freely and openly with uh, people we know on the telephone or on Zoom or through text messages. And God loves us. And that's the relationship that God wants to have with us. And it's not just us as individuals. It's us as God's people. But I want to focus in on the individual for for just this moment. Because if nobody's told you recently 
God loves you. And God wants you to love God back. And the whole purpose for God being born was so that we could know what that love looks like embodied in the flesh. Just as I knew through Brian that I mentioned earlier, exactly what what was expected of me at Office Max because he was embodying that for me. Jesus is embodying God's love for us, knowing that God loves us. We have to allow that love to take hold of us. We have to allow that love to take root in our lives. And if that love doesn't change us, then then we have to go back and examine if we really believe that God loves us. Verse 13 says that we are reborn if we believe in Jesus, if Jesus is our Lord. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. We are reborn in God's love, and we allow that love to take hold of us. God loves you. God's attitude towards you is love. And you may be listening to this, and you may have skeletons in your closet. You may have done things that you're ashamed of. You, you may not live have lived a life up to this point that would be described as, as worthy of anybody's love, but God still loves you. God loves you unconditionally. And there is nothing that you can do to change that. God's attitude towards you, God's being towards you is love. And if we let that love take hold of us, it starts to transform us. The more and more it takes hold of us, the more we let it, when we stop fighting it and realize that we are people who are loved by God, then it transforms us to look like Jesus. Not to to belabor the Office Max analogy, but I said Brian was Office Max. When, When people came into our store, if there was anything good about our store, it was because Brian had led us there. And if we as followers of Jesus allow God's love to take hold of us, we start to embody that love. And it's not just in a spiritual sense. We can't relegate it to just one corner of our lives because then God's love hasn't taken hold of us. It expands out to our entire being and we represent that love of God to others. We embody that love. Paul in in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says we are God's ambassadors. We are trained in God's love so that we can go out into the world and introduce other people to God's love. And right now is a really weird time in, in our world because 
we're we're so polarized and there's so many so many different varieties of opinion and so many opinions that I see and so much discourse right now and, and conversation between people, especially on social media, and I've even seen it in, in real life, is hateful. It is fearful and it is hateful and it is not driven by God's love. And Lord, forgive us, but followers of Jesus fall into this category as well. We allow fear that the world knows to be more compelling in our lives and to come out of us more and take hold of us more than we allow the love of God to take hold of us. Because when we let fear get a hold of us, we, af we become afraid of losing money and losing status and losing power and, and we become afraid of people who look different from us or live differently from us and we forget in our fear that God loves them and God cares about them just the way that God cares about us and that God is going to care for us no matter what. And so fear and hatred that the world peddles, no matter who is the person who is spreading that fear and hatred, no matter how powerful they are in this world, they are not greater than God's love. And so in our day-to-day -day life, with the people, even the limited number of people that we're seeing right now, we spread the love of Jesus Christ. We interact with people through the love of Jesus Christ. We exist on social media in the love of Jesus Christ. Because that's how we know love. We know God's love through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we spread it to other people. We allow God's love to transform us so that God's love can transform others through us because it will spread. And we extend this love to all of creation. In the opening phrases of this chapter, which I just love, we find out that the word has already existed. The word existed at creation Creation happened through the word, through Christ, the world was created. And that's a world that includes mountains and valleys and streams and air and water and people and platypus and moose and my spare dog parts dog Lando is even part of the good creation of God. And yes, our world is broken, but our world, other humans, but the physical world around us is also a recipient of God's love because God says it is good. And if we allow our air to be polluted and our water to be polluted and, and, and we don't take care of physical creation around us, if we, if we remove protections for things so basic 
as what's in our lungs and what comes out of our tap, then we can't say that we're really loving people with God's love as long as we're actively trying to ruin people's lives by polluting the air that they breathe. If you live here in Northwest Oregon or even Central Oregon or Southern Oregon and you realize, you, you remember the wildfires from September, the air was hard to breathe. And those wildfires were, were not the norm for our area. And if we love God and we love other people, we love creation as well. And we care for creation with the love of God. There's a lot that can be said about the way that we embody Jesus in our world. And our embodiment of Jesus is going to let people know who Jesus is and what this love of God looks like because Jesus has revealed God to us. No one has ever seen God, verse 18 says, but the, the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. Jesus is near to the Father's heart because Jesus is God. And when we live out the ways of Jesus, when we, when we embody this love of God that came into the world through Jesus Christ, when we embody this love that created the world, that loves us, when we do that, we are revealing what God's priorities are for the world. And we do this as individuals, and we do this collectively as God's people. And sometimes we do it well, and sometimes we don't do it so well. But Jesus revealed God to us. And my question that I want to leave you with today is how are we revealing Jesus to other people? Are we fearing and hating in Jesus' name? And is that what people see of Jesus? Or are people seeing the embodiment of God's love shown through us, shown to others, transforming us, transforming the world around us, transforming creation? Because if we want to send a lasting message to the world about who God is and what God's love looks like, and who this baby who was born on Christmas morning is going to grow up to be, then we have to remember those words that ended our reading this morning. He has revealed God to us.
Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, you have poured upon us the new light of your incarnate word. Grant that this light, enkindled in our hearts, may shine forth in our lives through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We thank you for joining us for worship this morning, and as we have sung and prayed and proclaimed God's word and praised, we hope the celebration of the birth of Christ came through. We hope you have a better understanding of what it means to embody God's love that we see coming into the world through Jesus. I'd like to thank Melissa Mellinger, our Director of Worship and Youth, for leading us in music this morning. I'd like to thank Jeannie Vance for the prelude. I'd like to thank Jim Leatherman, our church moderator, for leading us in prayer. I'd like Kate to thank Katie Witham for leading the First Baptist Church readers in our creative scripture reading. And I'd like to thank Gary and Doreen Hunley, our audio engineers, for making everything sound good. Remember, there will not be Zoom coffee hour on December 27th, 2020. Our next Zoom coffee hour will be January 3rd, 2021. And also remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands. <laughs>